I'm more and more. I'm glad that Chase Kitty said this. You're losing both your coordinators because I was looking at this today. I'm like, Seagulls team. This is this is the best that we we could see them. No, there's no guarantee because we don't know what the we don't know what the off season's gonna look like. They could go out and make some splashes in free agency or a trade and you know draft well. But the potential right now for this core, you, you've got multiple players on both sides of the ball like you know Kelsey and Graham. We could end up retiring and saying this is enough. I'm good. I've had it. You know, major key components to this roster. And then on top of that, you lose both of your coordinators, and these are both successful coordinators that they've had in Jonathan Gannon and with Shane Steichen. And Shane Steichen got the best, the best that he could have out of Jalen Hurts. Turned him into a, not just a Pro Bowl quarterback, an MVP candidate at quarterback. You watch the Philadelphia defense going from allowing 26 points a game. They were 20th in the league in 2020 before Gannon was hired. Then they go to 18th, and then they're 8th in 2022, allowing 20 points a game. Like, you, you can see right away that coaching mattered with that. And this is one of the worst things that can happen to a good team in the NFL, is you have great coordinators that get the most out of the talent. The head coach may stay. Those coordinators take jobs other places, and then you're left trying to find the next person that could go and try and fill that in. The next guy who can help you and make your offense or defense or both a success. I'm I'm suspect. I'm a little suspect. You should be. And, and Trista, this is something that Nick and I talked about uh, before you got in tonight, and I just threw out one question. You guys can talk all about them. Is this the best you've seen? But look at the rest of the neighborhood, and you're on Detroit, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. If Green Bay loses Rodgers, they're not going to be 11-1. to 1. And look at the rest of the neighborhood. Is anybody else knocking your socks off? Is it, you know, I mean, aside from San Francisco, San Francisco's excellent. But they got some stuff they got to figure out. Dallas should be better, but they're the same three that you expected to be there anyway. And we know what Dallas does once they get to the playoffs. Of course. So we just know when to write them off. Of course. The NFC really does stink. It's bad. It really does stink. The Rams will be better, I believe. I think maybe. How though? But right. But what are but, they like, going to do? Healthy. So okay. Yeah. So, but you got three plus your Detroit plus the Rams. Anybody else? Or okay, you know what? By default, Philly is going to be okay. Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. Oh, what? Don't nobody. Do that. Nobody's in on this. Bite Come you, on. Don't do that. Bite you, Sam Howell. It's going to be a disaster. It's, yeah, of course, it's going to be terrible, and then everybody's going to get fired anyway. But yeah, the NFC could be entering the same way that it was last year. Now. Again, we saw the offseason reshape a lot in the AFC. The really big issue, though, is that the NFC right now doesn't have the level of young quarterback talent that the AFC does. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of question marks up and down the board when it comes to the quarterback position, even if you've got a guy locked in and solidified, like the Cardinals. I mean, I get it. I understand why Gannon took the job. He wanted to be a head coach. But you've got Kyler Murray out for a significant amount of time next year. You've got a roster that could have up to 31 free agents this offseason, which is good and bad. That team wasn't only won four games last year, so it's good in the sense, all right, you get a you get a chance to just wipe the slate clean. You get to start all over again. But Kyler Murray's going to miss part of the season, and he's got to grow up, and he's got to be more mature. I, I guess it's strike while the iron's hot if you're Jonathan Gannon, but taking this job in Carolina, that, that to me is a – that's a job for somebody that's desperate to be a head coach or get back into coaching. Jonathan Gannon could have had a better choice if he waited one more season, and this defense looked exactly the way that it did this year, or at least was close to it. And maybe this is him saying, the defense can't match it, we're going to lose some guys. Maybe this was his mindset of get out now, but I just I don't really understand that hire for on his sake, taking the job. I know why they hired him. It's just it's a bad, bad organization. It's one of the most dysfunctional organizations in the NFL right now. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, it all starts from the top, right? The fish rots from the head. Mm -hmm. So... 
I'm going to be very curious to see how you know Jonathan Gannon's able to navigate these waters. We saw hard knocks. All of us did. Uh, it didn't look good from no. the very beginning. It looked like it was going to be a disaster as soon as I saw Cliff Kingsbury's uh, little media room that he had in his <laughs> amazing house. And how he said he never spends any time there. He's just there uh, when it's dark only. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, his own dark retreat. It's his own dark retreat. Anybody, though, by the way, who has to live at the facility, and I know that they talked about Andy Reid living at the facility, and he's just always there. I just feel like that's not good. I just feel like you you got to be able to have some semblance of a of a personal life even during the NFL season. Nick, you you know this from growing up in this area. Mm-hmm. Joe Gibbs and the general manager of that era, not just Bob, not Bobby Beathard, but Charlie Casserly. Mm-hmm. Trista, they used to sleep on couches out at Old when it was called Redskins Park, and it was a. I don't know if it was a rite of passage, but it was more like a badge of courage. We slept here. We were working on game plans, and there was immense success that came with that. But I think it's I think it's a thing for the diehards. It's kind of an old-school mentality, yes. though, I feel like. Although, I don't know. Sean McVay yes. does have a crazy work ethic, too. He's in there at, like, 4 a.m., so there's certainly that to be said. But, yeah, there's a certain point where staying in there too long, there there is a burnout factor. That's what why some of these coaches are just like, I'm done. What are you getting out of that? Like, do you think Nick Sirianni is... I'm- a slip disc, like yeah, why do exactly. I think you're sleeping in the studio? Come on now, honestly. And I think that our generation, and especially the generation after us, starts to say, listen, I need to have a more well-rounded set of ideologies, hobbies, and a life. Because otherwise, I can't just give all to the game. Like, you know that these players mm-hmm. are playing Madden. They're going out to dinner. They're seeing their friends. They're seeing their girlfriends and family. Like, the coaches... I watched Hard Knocks. You saw it. Yep. Where they're like, yeah, uh, got to watch out for that 99 guy on the rims. Like, you can't, that can't be your breakdown and you sleeping at the facility. Right? <laughs> we got to have something a little bit that more. That guy's good. He, 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 he makes good hits. Watch what? out for that 10. What? So we're going to cover number 10 on the rims. He's really important to cover. These are very basic pieces of knowledge that you have, I have, mm. Scott has. So you can't tell me that that's your breakdown and you're living there. You don't have a life. You're maybe you're just not very good. If that's what the correlation is, it's you know a lot of people talk about the like sleeping for. There's like a badge of honor of sleeping of you know, just a few hours a night and making that just like that's the thing. I'm up early. I'm up late. Eventually, it does it does wear you out. And I'd be curious to see as time goes on. And we don't know all of the habits that every single coach has or film study hours that quarterbacks put in. Because you got to spend a lot of time watching film. But there's a difference. Like, you could do a lot of this stuff everywhere. And I just, I would be curious to see, like you said, if, like, you see some coaches starting to actually find a little more of some level of a balance there and it actually works better. I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work to fix this Cardinals team. They're they're awful. But I will say this. We talk about the NFC being as wide open as it could be and the NFC West being, I, I would say there's at least question marks across the board. The yes. Rams, if they're healthy have a chance to win the division. Matt Stafford's got to be back to the Matt Stafford that won a Super Bowl. They've got to add a little more depth to that roster. But there's also the 49ers, who if it wasn't for the ability, the inability for them to throw the football at all, physically, nobody could throw the football, they could have beaten the Eagles. And this would be yes. a whole different conversation mm-hmm. that we're having this offseason. Brock Purdy, to me, if he's healthy, is the starting quarterback of that team over Trey Lance. I, he wins that job. I'd be more than comfortable betting on that if there was a market out there for it in any place that I could find it. 
but he's got to be healthy, and the team has to give him an honest chance to compete against Trey Lance, who they traded up for and gave up a ton of assets to do it. So the 49ers, just like heading into this past season, have a ton of question marks because we didn't know what Trey Lance was going to be, and we had no idea Brock Purdy was even going to do any of this. And then the Seahawks... They were supposed to be rebuilding, and then they're not rebuilding. And maybe Geno Smith is their quarterback for the short term. It's, it's all question marks out there where at least in the NFL, out of all the leagues, one or two teams can always make that jump from worst to first in the division. We've seen it before. I'm not saying the Cardinals can do it, but with 31 open spots, let's say, on that roster in terms of free agency and a chance to really rebuild this, Kyler Murray comes back healthy, refocused. Maybe uh, Gannon can get through to him more than Cliff Kingsbury could. There is certainly a chance for them to turn it around, but it's an ugly mess right now. Let me ask you this. So the Cardinals draft third overall, mm -hmm. and we've now seen a lot of mock drafts say that uh, whoever has the number one spot, because they're probably Bears are probably going to trade out of it. Yeah. I've, I've heard the Colts, right? So if the Colts end up getting the number one spot, the new mock drafts are saying, for whatever reason, I don't know why, that they're going to draft Will Levis which would mean that either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud would be there for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I like C.J. Stroud more, and I think Bryce Young is a gamer. He's obviously undersized just like Kyler. If you're the Arizona Cardinals and you're Jonathan Gannon, are you saying, yo, let's get either one of those guys? I couldn't imagine them after already doing that once with Josh Rosen. I mean, that's kind of a Kyler pattern. Murray. I mean, it's a pattern, but, man, that's a bad precedent to set if you're them. And, by the way, what Watch do you do? Watch your bet. You can't trade Kyler Murray. Nobody wants that contract right now. He's also hurt, so you're not going to have him. Well, he's he not even going to be available so for you. So, what I so would you're say saying is, draft him, and then you're, just, you're, you're, you're basically saying we're going to see how this works out for a year You need a quarterback in waiting, kind of like Trey Lance was. Quarterback in waiting. I think that's organizational malpractice. Is I it? I think that's a horrible decision to make. I don't if, know. If I'm the Cardinals... I'm taking the best offer at number three. If you got two quarterbacks available, and I'm trading back, you need so much on that it's team. True. You need so much. Well, and we did see uh, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals what wins ten straight two years ago. Yeah, they, they had were their the moments. only. They were the only NFL team that was undefeated at one point. So with a good offensive line and a good defense and so a running game that makes sense. You're this just could rooting be, for chaos is what this, this is. This could be a team that could do some things. You want some chaos well, first Well, I'm just saying foremost. Kyler Murray could still ball, so I'm, I'm right. kind of like going off of what you were saying in terms yeah. of what they need, moving back, getting more first-round picks out of that spot. That's, that'd be a all blessing for teams, them to have that. Yeah, all these teams want a quarterback, so maybe you end up getting like the 7th and the 15th or something. You know, I don't know, obviously. I'm not an NFL draft expert and how that's going to all go down. But that's something that's interesting. <laughs> this is this is going to be probably one of the most chaotic drafts that we've had in a long time because you have so many quarterbacks that can be available at the top. Yet at the same time, a lot of teams don't need quarterbacks, right? Like if you look at – you talk about the Bears first, that that's where it all starts. If you're the Bears, you have to, have to, have to trade out of that pick. I mean – you don't need a quarterback. You could get so much more. I, I, Will Anderson's great, but I'm not staying there to take Will Anderson number one when you can get multiple game-changing players if you've traded down a few spots and you have multiple first-round picks and you're able to add some for next year. That's how you rebuild a team. Now, it's easy to say this and talk about drafting a bunch of talented players and have this bright future about, oh, this could be amazing and we're going to be like the Jets. you got to be able to identify that talent too. 
So that's the big thing for the Bears is also being able to, if you have all these picks, being able to fill those spots with actual NFL talent. And yeah. just because they're good in college, as we've seen, it doesn't mean that it can work out in the NFL. Yeah, I I really like them, though. I do. I like CJ and I like Bryce. I think that they're the real deal. If I'm the Colts, I'm taking one of them. I'm not taking Will Levis. But we've heard Will Levis' name get thrown around for Will a while. Will Levis? Why are these guys throwing Will Levis' name around? Is Will Levis the next Baker Mayfield? Because that's kind of, you like, got short arms, tough kid, always. Maybe he's the next Tim Couch, the last quarterback to go number one from Kentucky. You know what? That's a really good point. He might be Tim Couch. Or he, he could be end up being Tim a great Couch. quarterback. I Look, this is the game we play every single year. And not every one of these quarterbacks that's considered a first-round pick, Anthony Richardson included, is going to be a star in the NFL. I think Anthony Richardson's going to take a couple years to develop. I think Will Levis has some great physical traits, but he's got to be in the right system. And C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young have proven they can win and play well in really, really big games. Bryce Young's big worry that we have is, well, his size. And that's, you can't teach size. Then again... It's not the size, it's the motion of the ocean. Exactly. Every single time. It works in quarterbacking and it works in other things, Yeah, too. It, the rotator cuff. It's the yeah. motion <laughs> yeah. of the ocean. That's what you meant. Yeah, that's exactly what you meant. Obviously, what else did you think?